Conference muted. Welcome everyone, Dr. Mike Reed from Chiropractic Masters International. I want to welcome everyone to today's Power Talk on three surefire techniques to close at your outside screens and talks. Now, the purpose of this Power Talk is to really help each and every one of you become better closures. And I, the way, the, the, the reason why I'm saying this is because, you know, for years when I first started in practice, I, I was giving a great lecture, but I was just absolutely terrible at getting closures. And I realized that in order for me to really get traction and get growth in my practice, I had to really master this. So there are four critical key areas of meet and greets. So for those of you who are, who are with me and listening, pen and paper, because I'm going to share with you um, really the short and dirty of how to really get solid. And number one uh, is screenings. I, I think screenings are critical, especially for associates, doctors, who want to learn how to build that base. Number two is your lunch and learns, getting out there and speaking to corporations and companies and community groups. Number three is your patient appreciation days. Although that's internal, it's still a way to engage uh, the public. And of course, number four is dinner workshops. Now, put a little star beside the dinner workshops. I'm going to share a little hot tip with you at the end that I sort of created about maybe eight years ago, and I was teaching it to a few of my clients, and they knocked it out of the park with this little follow-up system I'm going to share with you. So um, what I'm going to do is, is really go through three surefire things you need to do at any of your meet and greets, and three surefire techniques. So there's really more than just three that I'm sharing. And what I want you to do is take some notes on this, Apply it to your next meet and greet and send me an email. Let me know how it worked because these are the techniques and the tools that, you know, I still use in practice today if I'm out there speaking, wherever I'm at. And they're basically techniques to get people to predictably take action, to come into your practice. Because if you've given a few talks and you've gotten no orders, it's a little discouraging. It can affect your self-esteem. What I want you to do is really just knock it out of the park. You've got 20 people in the room. I'd love you to get all 20. I'd love you to get 25 and 30 because they start referring in their friends and their families. So let's just go through um, the three surefire things you need. And number one is going to be uh, the wellness survey. Now, I do not go anywhere unless I have my wellness surveys. I mean, if I'm at a screen, I've got my wellness surveys. If I'm doing a lunch and learn, uh, I've got my wellness surveys. My patient appreciation days. I've got my wellness surveys, and of course, they're at my dinner workshops. So this is number one, and, and what does this form do for you? Number one, it helps identify a problem. There's 22 different steps in the art of uh, the sale, and number one with any of these is to, is to make sure that you are um, getting people to identify they have a problem. Here's typically what happens. Most doctors will go in, they give a great lecture, people uh, applaud you and you feel good about yourself and you walk out and you have nobody that wants to come in and, and see you. Maybe you left a, a business card, but of course people don't respond to institutionalized advertising. It's got to be direct response. So number one, you've got to identify a problem. And number two, you've got to agitate that. And that's what the wellness surveys are designed to do. They actually identify a problem and then associate with a lifestyle challenge. Perhaps people are having suffering migraines or, you know, uh, digestive problems, for example, and that's affecting their family life. It's affecting their work environment. It's affecting uh, stress at home. So what the w wellness survey says, this is not a small problem. It's affecting your lifestyle, 
And then the wellness survey also provides a solution. So you've heard of um, you know, uh, the, the um, problem reaction solution paradigm, and that's exactly what the wellness survey does. And I've gone you know, to health fairs and trade shows, and I've run out of wellness surveys, and I'm, I'm up there, the, the creek with, without a paddle, for sure. So you have to have wellness surveys. And for those of you, just a little tip, if you're going out and doing a trade show, I'm, I'm at a women's show this weekend, and I'm going to knock you out of the park. How many surveys do I have? Probably about 250. I'd rather walk home with you know, an extra 100 rather than not have enough. Uh, number, um, with regards to wellness surveys, um, I give these out first. So let me just give you a tip. When I go to do a, a presentation, I always arrive early. And the first thing I'm doing, I'm building rapport. I want to talk about the importance of that. But I arrive early and I start handing these out um, to the prospects that are there in, in the, whatever room it's, it, it, that I'm giving a lecture in. And I always bring pens because people forget their pens. And uh, the second thing that I have that's an absolute is a subluxation station. Here's why. Not only did they write down and they identified a problem, and I'm going to talk to you about how we sort of stir this up in your presentation, but the subluxation station also confirms that the prospect has a problem. Now, here's a tip. If you have 12 people or more in your, in your um, presentation, and you usually do, I'm going to highly recommend that uh, what you do is you start to have them scanned. And I just use a thermal on the C-spine, and I have them scanned um, as I start my presentation. And the reason why is because most people, um, you know, if, if, if it's on a lunch hour and you're done your presentation, boom, they're out the door. They've got to get back to work. So, so here's what I do. I usually um, explain that I'm here to present on whatever topic you're presenting on, but a lot of people's health problems have to do with um, a condition known as a subluxation. And that's a devastating condition that can have uh, a detrimental nervous, nervous system. But what I've done is brought some high-tech equipment. We can quickly scan you. And for those of you who are checking off your wellness survey and you're, you're seeing a lot of check marks, and I see some of you have those, what I want you to do is step to the back. And my assistant, Kelsey, she's going to start doing a quick scan. It takes a minute and help identify if yours is a potential subluxation-based problem. So I want you to think about the whole process here. And here's... Point number three, the next thing is a team member. Uh, so when I'm at any of the meet and greets, I always bring a CA, and she's going to start scanning for me. You don't have the time to do it. Uh, you have to, especially have groups of 25, 40, 50, uh, dinner workshops if you're doing 60, 100. I've had large groups, and I'm, I'm filtering people back to my CA at the back. So number three is a team member. So for those of you who joined a little bit late, number one, you've got to have your wellness surveys. Number two is you've got to have a subluxation station. And number three is you've got to have a team member. And I, I remember my very first screening, this is a true story, is um, I booked 25 people. I had no CA, and I was all by myself. It was like never again. It was misery trying to have a lineup of people, and you're scanning them, you're handing out surveys, you're trying to close them. So any of the meet and greets, you've got a team member. So that being said, and I've pre-framed that they need to go back and get scanned, um, I'm also going to move into three surefire techniques to close. And I want you to take notes on this because I've been doing lectures to different groups, corporations for 25 years, and it is an art. And here's the most important thing. is, Docs, when you go into these presentations, I want you to go in relaxed. Don't be nervous. Go in there and just have fun. Because if they think that you're trying to sell them, they'll pick it up, and you should never, ever, ever, ever have to sell anything. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to use both left brain and right brain. 
Now, left brain is logic. You guys are good at this because you're going to deliver this in the material that you throw out to them, whatever you're speaking on. If you're speaking on nutrition or you're speaking on detox, you're speaking on your, your doctor's report or chiropractic or whatever you're speaking on, you guys are good at this. I don't have to go there. That's left brain. That's the logic. That's the, the research and the facts, and people eat that up. But here's what you have to do. You have to work on the right brain. And for those of you who are clients, you've heard me say this a million times, that's conceptual-based marketing. What we mean by that is before people buy from you, they must like and trust you. So this is where if you're going in and you're relaxed and you're building rapport, you're working that right brain. I'm, I'm shaking hands. I'm schmoozing with people. Uh, and remember this is when you're developing rapport, and here's the big aha I want you to walk away from, is that people love stories. We are tribal in nature, and I always tell three stories. Every presentation I give, a minimum of three. Sometimes I get off on a tangent, and I'll give you know four, five, or six, but I want you to write down the magic number of three, and there's a, a process to this. So uh, when I'm developing rapport and I'm pr doing my presentation, I always pre-frame a true story. And I always talk about my Aunt Roxanne. This is a true story. My Aunt Roxanne, she died at the age of 48, um, she had very few or no symptoms, and we've all had a loved one or family member that we've lost, and she died right in front of her 16- and 17-year-old um, you know, daughter and son. And uh, the point I try to make with this is that she didn't take care of herself. As a matter of fact, here are the body signals um, that Roxanne probably had or did have, and I just go through a few of them. And I'll ask the audience, does this sound like anyone you know? How many people in this audience um, either suffer similar body signals, or know somebody who died in an early age. So what I'm pre-framing is I'm pre-framing that most of us judge our health uh, by how we feel versus how we function. And all of my presentations, and this is another tip I want to share with all the doctors, when I do a presentation on nutrition or detox or something like that, I always come back to the physical, mental, and nutritional. And what I mean by that is we'll talk a little bit about stress. We talk about the chemical or nutritional component. But I always throw in there the importance of your body's functionality, of neurological integrity, of structure and function, of subluxations, and the body's ability to maximize its expression of the potential within. And when I do a presentation, I'm always talking the importance of chiropractic. And when I talk about Roxanne, I talk about how she never had her spine checked and it wasn't functioning at 100%. Now, when I do my report building and my presentation, that moves me into why people love stories, and story number two is my story. I always want you to put in your story why or how you became into a chiropractic, whether why you became a chiropractor or how you're introduced to chiropractic or how it changed your life or even maybe a child's story, how a child got involved. And I tell my story because people love leadership and they love social proof. Write this down. People love leadership and they love social proof. Why would I want to come in and trust you? Oh, you use your product? You are actually under care? That's important because you've heard so many times that people are selling stuff or promoting stuff and they're not even using it. Well, why would I want to trust you? No, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm under care every week. I have been adjusted for 34 years, and I tell that story. And I tell them I don't wait till I have body signals or symptoms. I actually get adjusted in order to stay well. So I talked about someone that was in the past, my Aunt Roxanne, waited too late, either had very few or no body signals, similar to the body signals that many of you have checked off on your wellness survey. I tell about my story, so that's really present. I'm talking about how that's made a world of difference in my life and allowed me to stay well. 
And then I usually finish with a story, and this is future, and this is hope. And I usually talk about a patient that waited for a long period of time. And this is a true story of a patient of mine, Eric. And Eric was a POW in a prison of war camp that suffered for 60 years after he was liberated by the Americans. And when he got out, he suffered for 60 years with chronic pain, and nobody had tried chiropractic. And that might be similar to many of you who have been suffering needlessly and haven't had the opportunity to really get a, a checkup. And I tell about uh, Eric, or I have a video, and this is a video of Carlos from one of our chiropractic borders mission trips that came in a wheelchair and he walked out. One adjustment, upper cervicals, one of our miracle cases. We caught it on film, and I show, show that one too. So the body of your of your presentation, as you can see, um, has elements that are rich in content, rich in the logic. And I don't have to go there with you guys because I know you guys are masters of that. You can, you can dig up um, lots of material. You can use our Transform Power Workshops or you have your own doctor's board. Whatever you have, you have the body material. But what we often miss, and from the doctors that I've coached over the years, they miss that human element. So number one, you've got to build rapport, and that's really important. And we talk about past, we talk about present, we talk about future with regards to hope. And hopefully one of those relates to them. Now, the second key with this, um, as a surefire technique, is asking for the order. Now, what I mean by this is that a lot of doctors commonly are afraid to ask people to come in. It's fear of acceptance. It's fear of looking like you're selling too much. Um, it's a fear that you're desperate for patience. And I don't want you to come from that perspective. I want you to come from the perspective that you have something they need. You don't need them, they need you. And always remember that. Because if you go in there thinking you're here to serve mankind, you're here to help the sick get well, then they need you. And you and I have gone to screenings, we've gone to different you know, presentations, and people have poor posture, they're overweight, they're sitting there drinking their Cokes and Pepsis, they're eating garbage food, and they need you, and they need you badly. So I want you to go in there thinking that these people need you. So number Two, on the, the, the technique aspect, is asking for the order. And I want you to write this down. There's really three components of asking for the order. It was really six, but number one is urgency. And what I mean by that is when I ask for the order, I let them know that we're booking appointments next week only. So I want you to make that note, next week only. So there's urgency that if you want to get a checkup, it's next week only. The scarcity is that I have 10 spots. Uh, next week only available. So if I have 20 people, I'm usually going to say 10. If I have 40, I'll say 20. I do that because I want people to know there's a limit number. I'm not going to say I have 100 appointments and there's 20 of you here, so people think, oh, I can choose and pick any time. I'm going to create and typically, and typically, you know, we can process about 10 people a day if we had to, but in my practice, that I'm going to basically say to them, I have 10 spots only for next week. I'm going to be doing this when we're at the uh, women's show. I'm going to let them know we have 40 spots only. Um, we've already, um, you know, uh, basically booked 20 of those. There's 20 spots left. And then I'm going to use intensity. And what I mean by intensity, this is only for people who want to improve their health. Now, this is important because I'm going to do a little takeaway. And a takeaway really excludes those that might be tire kickers. And I, I'll let them know, please don't come in, you know, unless you... I have a serious problem, as you seriously want to get checked up, but this is for people who want to improve their health. Now, Dr. Roach was on my call last week about booking these talks, and it was great because, you know, 
Dr. Roach had this great line that procrastination is the thief of health. And I love how he creates that sort of intensity, intensity that he'll say, you know, this is for people who only have a health problem who want to improve their health. And for those of you who are procrastinators, understand that, you know, procrastination is a thief of health. You can wait and wait and wait, but my, much like my Aunt Roxanne, you might end up six feet under. Now, we also use juxtaposition, and juxtaposition is explaining the value of your examination. Here's why. We want you to remove all objections for people to not come in. And what I mean by that is often you can have um, a barrier for people to come in, and I've seen this multiple times. If your fee, your exam fee, is um, over $100, that becomes a barrier because people are not going to open up their wallet, especially when they just got to know you in the last hour. So if your exam is 125 um, I'm going to suggest that you have a low entrance fee of $35. Now, 35 works. You can do $30 today and save the $5 when you book with my assistant, Kelsey, at the back. Um, or um, you can put 20 down and pay the difference of the 15 when you come in. Regardless, what I've discovered is if we can get them booked there, if we can use the urgency of the next 10 for next week only, and if I can get them to take action today, I'm going to get a stampede to the back of the room. Now, I also use something called charitable marketing, and this is something I'm going to highly recommend that you use as well. Um, one of my um, advanced coaches, my, my upper-level coaches with Anthony Robbins, um, told me, and I asked him, this is back in 2015, I said, what is the number one thing that is a buzzword in marketing? And he said to me, right off the bat, he says it's charitable marketing. I go, what do you mean by charitable marketing? He says, Mike, when people see that you're giving back, um, you know, when people see that you're, you're feeding uh, the poor or helping people out, that's when they're going to um, see that what your true mission is, your heart is. And I've discovered over the years when I've done anything charitable marketing, like my chiropractic without borders, when I'm giving back to, um, you know, to, to um, people that are suffering needlessly, when I'm, my, and my patients see that, when I'm out there doing my mission trips, and I make sure that I promote that in my practice, that people are more likely to refer because they see that you're actually giving back. And we want you to give back. It's a universal law. When you give, you're going to receive tenfold. So charitable marketing would basically mean that you would like to find out what their charity is. And typically how I do this, when I go into a company, I, I let them know that, um, you know, usually at the end we offer people to come in for the opportunity for an examination, but we donate those, we typically donate those to your favorite charity. And a lot of people will say, oh, that's great. Our favorite charity is, you know, um, Children's Wish Foundation or Heart and Stroke, whatever it might be. Now, if that charity is congruent with your value system, then go ahead and donate back to that charity. When I close, it usually sounds like this. Uh, for those of you who've checked off a lot of body signals that are suffering needlessly, I want to finish my, um, my talk with the opportunity to come in for a checkup. Now, many of you heard the story of my Aunt Roxanne who waited too long. And some of you who have checked off a lot of body signals on your way, and I'm looking and I'm looking around, I see a lot of check marks. That's your body's intelligence telling you something is wrong. And often we tend to judge your health by how we feel versus how we function. It would be like your Uncle Bert who waited and had the heart attack when he heard the warning signals, when he heard nature's protest, and instead of getting things checked, he basically just masked it up with the drugs that we talked about. So what we're doing is next week only, uh, we have 10 opportunities for those who, who want to improve their health, those who 
want to get a checkup, they can come in for a very thorough and comprehensive spinal and neurological checkup. That includes your report of findings, and there's no obligation to be under care. This allows you to see if your health problems are related to your spine and nervous system. And if they are, the examinations normally valued at $125, they're only $35. And if you make a $30 donation today uh, to our charity, and that is our Heart and Stroke, then we will donate that on behalf of your company. So for those of you who are interested, you've been scanned already, I want you to step to the back and see Kelsey. Kelsey's going to find it time for you. It takes about 30 minutes by practice. You'll receive your report of findings on a separate day. And really, that's how my close goes. I'm not afraid to ask because I know they have a problem. It's part of my mission to go out and serve these people. And when I, if you heard me say that includes your report of findings and no obligation, I've just removed more barriers. And this is really key. You have to identify what the barriers are. It's usually cost, it's time, and it's an obligation to be under care. So I've actually removed that. Now, that being said, that moves me to the third Surefire component, and this is often missed, and this is called the follow-up. Now, I just finished my ebook, and it's called the Pisiform Code, and in that, I talked about the follow-up. And here's what research is showing us. If you have, you know, researched something on the Internet, or if you have, you know, looked into a product or service, research has shown that these people, if they follow up with you within 10 minutes, yeah, 10 minutes, up to about 48 hours, they're going to see a bump in their closures by about 25%. Now, what I recommend is two things, and I want you to write this down because this is the million-dollar lesson. Number one, I want you to get in the habit of doing a phone call, a follow-up phone call. And what I've done with people at these presentations, some people are rushed, some people have to get back. Uh, on the very bottom, I give them the option of to check, check a box and, yep, get checked, or I ask them if they like to call from the, from the doctor. And I have a master lead follow-up system that I follow up, and I'll do that usually in the mornings, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, or I'll pass along to the assistant, and we do the follow-up phone call. Now, case in point is we had uh, a number of my doctors who, who had very low closures, about 50%, and although they were doing everything properly in their examinations and their report of findings, they had this, this low conversions, and we identified one thing that was missing, and that was a follow-up. I said, listen, you presented your care plans, but there was no follow-up. Now, I keep a log of every person that comes in as a new patient in my practice. So I'm talking, I'm off of talks, so I'm talking about new patients coming in. But one thing we've noticed, if they're educated and they're at the doctor's report, and if they had you know, a presentation given to them and they didn't commit to that presentation, we made sure that we, number one, provided an alternative, maybe a smaller term care program. And the next component was doing that follow-up within 48 hours. And here's what we discovered. We discovered a 25% bump. Now, I have two very, very popular and um, busy chiropractors, um, Michelle and Francois, and they started assigning this to one of the CAs just to do the follow-up. Now, they were doing 50 new ones per month. And what happened is their conversions were low. They moved it from 50% to 75 or 12 people at a case average of $2,500 by doing that follow-up. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that worth doing a follow-up? Absolutely, because that bump produced thousands of dollars in extra income. So number one is the follow-up phone call. So when people are at a presentation or a dinner workshop or a screening, we want you to do the follow-up. 
Now, here's hot tip number two. I said I'm going to share with you two things that really work. And a number of years ago, I want you to listen to this. A number of years ago, I was doing screenings. I was just having one of those bad screenings. So I called my assistant. I said, for some reason, you know, everybody either sees a chiropractor or they don't have the dollars or there's just one of those bad days. We've all been there. So I said, let's do a follow-up system. I said, I want you to go into the back room. I said, I have a box there. It's a draw box. And I want you to create a little flyer that we put on the box that says, dine with the doc. When's the last time your doctor took you to dinner? And she brought it over, and we put it at the booth. And what happened, I said to the people who were not interested or couldn't make it, I asked them, I said, you know, we have a special workshop. It's called Dine with the Doc. Would you be interested in, in coming to that and learn more about um, optimal health and healing and chiropractic? And they all said, sure. It's a free dinner workshop. Um, what we'll do is just drop your wellness survey in there and then give you a call when we have the opportunity. Well, it was really interesting because we took this in our lead system and we did the follow-up. And we found that about 75% of people were interested in coming out for a dinner workshop. And when we did the dinner workshop, we were able to present more on the chiropractic big idea message, and we started getting these people in. Well, lo and behold, I gave this tip to one of my clients. And I want to share this with you because this is one of those, oh, I'm having a bad workshop or bad screening day, but how you can turn a lemon into lemonade. And Dr. Jonathan um, from Windsor, Ontario, um, had a bust on his last trade show, but he sent me this note. He says, you know, I just want to share with you that we had a bad trade show, but... I took that idea of dying with the doc on the draw box with the wellness surveys, and we had 60 people come out to the dinner workshop. So he turned a bad thing through a follow-up and put them into his dinner workshop, and he just crushed it. So here's the lesson from this, guys, is that when you're out there and you're doing these presentations, and it, it's going to take time, it's going to take experience, it's going to take lots of trial and error, but you know, I want you to go back and listen to this uh, a few times. When you follow these techniques, when you make sure that you've got your wellness surveys and that you've got your substation so you can identify a problem, you've got your team member you can delegate to and have her help you out, when you develop rapport and work that right brain, uh, when you tell your stories, when you ask for the order, and then when you do the follow-up, you will absolutely kill it on your presentations. So um, that's really the nugget in this you know, half hour I wanted to share with you. And what I'd love to do, i got a ton of doctors on this call. So this is obviously one of those you know, talks that doctors need help with. What I want to do is I'm going to open it up. And uh, state your name. Uh, where do you practice? You okay, if you have a question now, it's your, your time to, uh, to ask. So who is my first caller? Any question goes, guys, so there's no such thing as a silly question. And if you are in a, in a this is an open call now, guys, so if you are in a, a noisy room, just please shut the doors and, and um, you know, just a courtesy to those who are on the call trying to listen. Can you hear me, Dr. Mike? I can. Who is this? No, no, it's Dr. Lowry, thanks for being on. I'm always, I'm always generally paying attention to your stuff. Um, one of the biggest things that uh, we have issues with is, you know, that conversion from acute care to wellness care, and that verbiage sometimes gets missed. You understand what I'm saying? And we want to be preemptive in 
our patients to make sure that we proactively are aware in the primary beginning in our office so that we can, shall we say, move to wellness care later on, even though we're thinking wellness initially with the patient. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. So what do you do preemptively to project wellness care? Um, well, it, the, it, this starts with the seeds that you start with, like from your examination. When I'm, I'm examining a patient and I'll say, you know, we need to take three pictures to, to uh, get a blueprint of your spine to rule out pathology like fractures, tumors, infections, and to get a blueprint of the spine in order to correct it back towards the state of wellness. So I'm always talking about wellness. I'm talking about expression. When a patient comes in, I never ask them how they're feeling. And I let them know right at the doctor's report that we are not a symptom-based practice. We are a wellness-based practice. So we're going to talk expression, wellness, wellness. We're going to talk health. Make sense? Oh, absolutely. So it's the language with which you use in your practice in order to get uh, your patients. And we call this drip education. You're always dripping. You know, you talk about the benefits of wellness. You talk about the benefits of, of chiropractic and how it's going to allow better expression and, and better function and better structure. So just do, do me a favor. Put an elastic around your wrist. And for those of you, um, we have some noise in the background. Guys, if you're in the background, just want to keep it quiet, please, or I just have to mute everybody. But if you are symptom-based and you catch yourself talking, how are you feeling today, or how's the headache, or how's the back pain, put an elastic around your wrist. And every time you mention how are you feeling or you mention symptom, just grab that elastic and pull it out about three feet and let go. So I want you to de-brainwash yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely, Doc. I mean, there's no question. We have to remove ourselves from the symptom-based reality because we know that the asymptomological and pre-neosiological state of all of our patients is what's dire need. And the communication initially is important as well as in our community at large. Right. So it comes down just to education and, and making sure, too, Dr. Lowry, that you're doing your doctor's report. That's critical. I was talking to Dr. Sist today, and that's something – that is the keystone to changing your practice. And, you know, you, you put a doctor's report in there, and you'll see a quantum shift in your patient's mindset. Well, All right, let's take the next caller. And, Dr. Lowry, if nobody um, jumps in, you can ask another question. So do we have another caller with a question on um, Outside Talks? I do. Yeah, go ahead. Who's, who is this and uh, what's your uh, name and where you from? This is Dr. Fred from New Jersey. Hey, how you doing, Doc? Uh, I'm good. My question was um, when you went over the, the part about the follow-up with the Dropbox, I wasn't 100% sure. Uh, yeah. When you had that, do you have it at the event for future leads to follow up with, or is it? So, can you explain that again? So, if you do a dinner workshop, or if you do any sort of um, like dine with the doc presentation, we have this draw box right at the screenings. So, if you're talking to people and they say to you, "I'll give you an example. I'm at a woman's show this weekend. Yeah. Set a goal. Yeah. Set a goal of 40 or 50 new ones." And if we don't get those people booked, I'm going to invite them 
to come to a dinner workshop. And I'll say to them, I'll say, you know, Mary, it's a pleasure meeting you, and I'm, I'm sorry we couldn't, you know, find a time for you. However, we do have a dinner workshop that we run every uh, three months, and would it be okay if I put your wellness survey in the draw box and draw your name to come out to a dinner workshop? And they all say, of course. I say, we explain, you know, five, opti- five keys to optimal health and healing. It's a complimentary meal. We pay for it. You just come out and listen. And that's an opportunity to follow up and have them come out to a dinner workshop. So we take the wellness surveys. Instead of saying, oh, it didn't work, you get a second chance of getting that patient in. And, and this worked for my practice. I was doing it a number of years ago, and we just had another doctor do it who had a bust. He had his trade show. It just didn't, didn't work for him. And he got 60 people to come out to the dinner workshop, so he's going to kill it on his dinner workshop. So it's a sort of follow-up other than just a phone call follow-up. Does that make sense? Um, you, yeah, but you actually have the drop box at the event that you're doing it at? Right, right, right at the screening. So this is a screening where you can do this you know, right at your, at your talk and just say, hey, listen, we're having an, another workshop. It's a dinner workshop for those of you who would like to attend. You can put that right on your survey. So it's an, it, you're, they're giving you permission to follow up, and that's right on the survey. Thank you. All right, another question. So any of the doctors online, I appreciate those who are, who are listening in this ground because, because there is a lot of background noise. We have a lot of doctors on this call tonight. All right. All right. Any other questions on? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Who is this? This is. Uh, I'm with Dr. Sal in Niagara Falls. Awesome. Um, my question is kind of about the leads. We have done that in the past, where we've had uh, leads to go to our uh, dinner with the doc presentation, and we get really low percentages actually coming and showing up for the presentation, even with a follow-up call. Do you know if there's any, you know, tips or tips on how to actually convert those people to showing up for that dinner? You know, I, I think the keys to, to this is, is and, and this is where if doctors are doing them too frequent, we recommend you have a less frequency of these to have maximal number of people. It's sort of that 70% rule, and we've seen that right across the board. Whatever you know, presentation you have or workshop you have, you're going to get about a 70% show rate. So we recommend overbooking by 30%, and if you're doing a dinner workshop for, for you know, 40, then book an extra 30%, book 55, something like that, so that those that don't show, you're going to end up with the regular number. The key to this is always doing a reminder call and letting them know that, you know, should you not be able to make it, please let us know, because we'll, we, we have, we were sold out, and we want to replace it, you know, for those on the wait list. So coming back to urgency, scarcity, intensity, just let them know, we are sold out, and anytime you have something that uh, has um, scarcity, people want it more. So just make sure that the recall, you put that in there, and I think you'll see a, a change in the tune of people who do show up. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Thank Great you. question. All right. Next question. All right. For those of you who are formulating a question, um, at the end of this month, we will be releasing the new Jetpack, which is a new membership site. It's our low entrance uh, fee for any of the doctors who want to learn how to build a practice but can't afford to, to, to travel. So just watch for the Jetpack uh, presentation coming soon, and that gives you access to our new membership site with six different categories to help build your practice. All right. Any other questions? Get out now. No other questions. Wow. Yes. This is Dr. Elizabeth Sisk. Um, 
what's the most successful events you've done like in the last year or two? I, I know the latest show seems to be a hit. What else? Um, it works in this order. Great question, Elizabeth. It's um, woman show, home show, um, golf show, and then uh, usually like the boat shows, believe it or not. I've done very, very well with the boat shows. So we focus on really those four. Um, those are the big trade shows that we like. But, but, you know, anywhere where people gather, anywhere where people go, um, if, you, if they have a spine and nervous system and they need help, we had a doctor build his practice by being at a um, – at a, 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 a farmer's market every Saturday. We've had doctors that have gone to Sexapalooza, which was, you know, the sex shows. I mean, it, wherever you're comfortable going and spending time and meeting and greeting people, that's what it comes down to. I've gone to volleyball tournaments. I've gone to, um, uh, you know, dragon boat races. So I've discovered mostly where people are local. Um, but uh, if I were to pick one, it would be the woman show. I think women tend to um, take better care of their health and they make uh, more of the healthcare decisions. So if I had a choice between a woman's show and the big rig show, I would go to the woman's show. Okay, great. Thanks, Don. You're welcome. Any other, any other callers? All right, guys, listen. Yeah, go ahead. Who is this? This is Dr. Elizabeth Cook. I just signed on at 725. I've got to play at a funeral tomorrow, so I didn't get to get on. And... Um, I would tell you I'm not pain-based, but I have an awful hard time not asking somebody how they're doing. You may have covered this already, but what's a good way to say hello um, to the patient, greet the patient, walking them into the room and all? Like, good to see you, that kind of thing. What would you recommend? Yeah, Yeah, you know, um, and, and I'll come back to the elastic around the wrist. Um, one of the things that, that we do is in our practice, instead of saying, how are you doing? It's, it's good to see you today. How's your health? Um, ready to get your power turned on. Uh, you know, uh, Dr. Shreen is ready to see you. Um, you know, we use anything that, that is health and wellness-based. So often if we get into, and, and here's why we don't say this, if we get into the symptom-based tick, how are you doing today? How's the headache? How's the back pain? What you're doing is you're educating the subconscious that um, there is no problems. And even though their conscious mind says, oh, you know, my headache's better, my back pain is better, the subconscious says, what are you doing if you don't have a symptom? What are you doing here? And this is where we often see that 10 or 12th visit where symptoms start to dissipate and why one of the things that we emphasize in our coaching is function and structure. So if your, your outcome is more objective-based, and especially in a wellness corrective-based model, versus symptom-based, you can move through that and move into that sort of component. Or I'll, I'll say, you know, hey, let's check, let's check your posture today. Uh, let's see how that subluxation pattern is going. Um, we have a progress exam to see how your body is changing both structure and functionally. So I'll use that sort of language um, and just steer clear away from the symptom base. And it's going to pop up. They're, they're going to get that, you know, I have a pain here. I have a headache today, and that's a great opportunity to say, well, let's get you on the table and check for subluxations. So just coming back to what you're doing in that objective um, criteria of your practice. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. That was a big help. Thanks. Yeah, and I've been there, done that, so I can associate with that. All right. I have time for one more question. So for the doctors on this call, any question goes, guys. 
All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this power talk. Um, there will be a replay if you did miss it, so I'll make sure that my assistant Alex sends it out to the doctors who are on this call. Until, guys, uh, the next jet, uh, the next uh, power talk or master talk or mastermind inner circle, keep practicing with passion. I want to thank you for being on with me tonight and watch the new Jetpack coming out at the end of April, beginning of May. Until then, keep practicing with passion. We'll talk to you all soon.